along this world. Podcasts fill the streets. It's up to two men who bring order to the chaos. Welcome to Hardcasters, the podcast that jumps through plate glass windows just hoping there's something soft below, maybe a river. Um, I'm Dom Deplum, um, and I'm joined against my will by my partner in crime, Dick Facade. Hello, Dick. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very well. Um, now, we are continuing our uh, trend, and I say trend as in we've got one episode, so this is our second episode, so it's already a trend, of picking well-known action stars but not going for the obvious movies uh, or their biggest movies. And so uh, today we're focusing on Schwarzenegger, but we're not going Predator, we're not going Commando. Um, we've decided to go with Red Heat. Now, I would say... Uh, Red Heat. I wouldn't say it's a forgotten Schwarzenegger film. Let's say, for example, if if Schwarzenegger films were the um, one of the categories at the end of Pointless, like uh, like classic Schwarzenegger, I reckon the top three highest scoring films or lowest scoring ones, whatever the, the how that game works, is is Red Sonja, Raw Deal, and Red Heat. I'm not including Hercules in New York or Cactus Jack or anything like that of, of classic Schwarzenegger action. They're probably the ones that are yeah you know, aren't, aren't the barnstorming ones. And Red Heat is a, have you, you know, I watched it, you watched it last night as well, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, so we, we, we watched it. I've seen it about 6,000 times, yeah. but yeah. just to, to, to dip my toe back into the hot bath, yeah. the hot Russian bath Absolutely. at the beginning. Now, it's the one film as well, every time I watch it back, that and Raw Deal, I've forgotten most of it. Like, I know the big moments, but I remember, like, once it gets past the big moment, I can't. I, I remember thinking, "Oh, I have no idea what happens between this moment and this." But I can't remember yeah. what happens between now and the shootout in the hospital, between now that and the bus chase. So it's always interesting, and it's a weird film in many ways. Um, but I think its its biggest moment um, is obviously its opening, and I'm gonna. I don't think the rest of the film ever gets as good as that opening. No, it um, doesn't go anywhere near it, I don't think. No, because it starts like it's, oh, this is Commando 2. This is just, yeah. you know, bonkers. Um, everything down to the and sound effects and the editing. And it kind it's of... It's even goes, the soundtrack, isn't it? Like the sound, yeah. it, the, the kind of, you know, the um, Commando famous kind of almost yeah. steel drums kind of... It's pretty much this one bit in the film is exactly like... Yeah. They're basically just, just gone full Commando yeah. with the soundtrack. Yeah. Same composer, James Horner, doing the same thing. Yeah, and so let's talk about this opening. So it starts. Now, you know, we are not going to be able to spend, do a whole podcast on, on action movies, especially in the 80s, and not start addressing homoerotic subtext, especially if we ever get to talk about Tango and Cash, which I, I will mm -hmm. argue the homoeroticism is not subtext. That's about two men falling in love that film they even get married yeah, absolutely so that's yeah. um but tango and cash aside this must be the most homoerotically charged opening but not even like properly home like a straight man's idea of what a gay man's fantasy would be if you know yeah what I 
Yeah, I don't know what it, uh, it when it, op- it opens. It's, it, obviously, it's Russia, so you yeah. get the skyscrapers of cold people. The you know, mm-hmm. St. Peter's, you know, the square, uh, the tanks, and then people, and then all of a sudden it it goes into. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a Russian leisure centre, a hot bath, a gym, mm. or a whorehouse. It seems to be all of it. It seems yeah. to be everything in one. Uh, you, you, everything under one roof. Mm. So, like, uh, you know, you go there for everything, basically. Um, and I think that should be, like, Russia's Ikea. That's the thing they should franchise yeah. out, you know. And it's very hot and very sweaty in there. I mean, and everyone's wearing something that I wouldn't say is a nappy, because there's too little of it. And it, it, I think it closely resembles a loincloth, but only at the front. And it's just a piece of string up the arse crack at the at the back. So it's basically a flannel with some string, really, yeah. isn't it? And so within about... Apart you know, from the women. The women the are women wearing are completely naked. There's three women and they're completely naked. <laughs> yeah. And the camera literally keeps zooming in on them. Yeah. Like, just, just, to, just to kind of reassert the masculinity of the whole thing. Just keeps focusing on those women. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a lot of very well-built, muscular men working out and walking around in next to nothing in all this steam and heat um and this is like first two minutes of the film yeah and this is where we're introduced to 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 schwarzenegger's captain danko who is russian and Mm. i don't know if you did i even detected he was attempting a russian accent which in the past i think he starts off with yeah he start he rolls his r's a little bit um yeah but he, he wanders in and he doesn't say anything. He's wearing this kind of tiny thong nappy. So we see Schwarzenegger's butt cheeks almost an, uh, immediately after seeing his face. Yeah. Um, and there he's greeted by what I believe is some kind of gang who are just hanging out in this, whatever it is. This, this, uh, it's a very mixed gang though, isn't it? It's, 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 there's, yeah. there's a, a guy, chap with glasses. So yeah. I'm assuming he's a he's kind one. of a librarian, but he's also or, or cannibal. Yeah, either either or. Yeah, same thing really. But he's also a bodybuilder. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah. there's 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 old Sven. He's Sport, kind of the guy. Who, is that his fourth, yeah, he he's the chap. Obviously, appears in basically is a kind of background guy. You know, mainly the H. Schwarzenegger films, mm. isn't he? Um, yeah. He's there, and then what can be described as? He looks a bit like a frog with a wig. Yeah, the kind or, of lead. or um, a cross between Dr. Robotnik and Diana Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's clearly the, the, the ringleader, but it seems and to it, me that... Because he, he asks where Victor is, who's the, who's the mm. antagonist throughout the film, but he just says he's at the cafe, which if <laughs> you do your police work, why yeah. has he spent all this time wandering around in a sauna? Yeah when this guy's gone ages ago. Yeah. And it seems to be the only reason that they film this scene is to show all this build-up of sweaty Russian naked men. Yeah. It's very strange. And the other thing as well is that you assume, based on their conversation, that, that Schwarzenegger is undercover. Mm. Because he says to him, you haven't got a, like a welder's hands. And then he goes, if you yeah. were a welder, you'd be used to heat. And he drops a hot rock in his palm, mm. closes his fist, and then we sort of pan up to 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 Schwarzenegger's face. He's not even blinking, not even registering. His hand is burning. Now at this point, this film is already the most badass film ever made. This opening, yeah. as homoerotic as it is, you know they're not fucking around. 
but then and this is something i think is great and bizarre so he he, he holds that burning rock in his hand yeah. presumably to maintain his cover yeah and then the second he does it he then punches the guy in the face and breaks his cover so he didn't need to hold the rock yeah he could have just gone in and punched the <laughs> no, guy he didn't it was completely unnecessary. So that tra- that that flesh wound he's now given himself, yeah, purely for showboating. Which, when you see Schwarzenegger's character along the rest of the film, isn't really fitting with that character. That character is very reserved and logical and mm. direct. That's just a moment of showing off, basically. And then it goes into uh, a, a sequence that they killed a stunt man making. Um, so you know there's a dedication at the end. That I think he was yeah. a fight corner. I think he died in the snow. I may be wrong on this, but I think he died in the snow while making that. And it's Schwarzenegger, the Diana Frog Ross um, character. <laughs> he punches and, through the window, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he punches him so hard, he punches him through the and window. Into the snow. And Thor yeah. Svensson, if that is his name. Um, and then the th- three of them having a punch up in the snow with sound effects that are so ridiculously over the top and the kind of cutting, you know, the kind of uh, cutting that's, that was often used in Van Damme films where he, he does one kick, but they repeat it over and again from different angles to make yeah. it seem that much more powerful. There's, there's no continuity here. It's just cutting from punch to punch to punch with these ridiculous sound effects. And this film is amazing. <clears throat> then it goes to him going to the cafe immediately yeah. and busting... Well, good place in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It takes so, so long that it's amazing they're still sat in the cafe after because they clearly get dressed and get all the yeah, yeah. The, the police together to go yeah. to the cafe. So they must have been there for fucking ages, really. Yeah. Let's face it. Absolutely. Um, and there he confronts uh, <clears throat> our bad guy, um, who's a good bad guy. I like him. He's very uh, yeah, he is good. Meadow Ross, I think. And this basically involves. Schwarzenegger's character proving there are drugs by grabbing a guy and throwing him through the air ridiculously. Like this guy goes miles, <laughs> yeah. then breaks his leg off to the gasps. Yeah. But then you find it's a wooden leg, and he pulls out a plug and pours out uh, the cocaine that the guy's been storing um, and says cocainum. Which um, is not a word. It's not, there's no, that's not a Russian word. Let's, okay. let's put that to bed now. That's yeah. just a word to say yeah. it's cocaine with a Russian twist, which yeah, is absolutely. nonsense. Can um, I also point out as well that yeah. when he takes his leg off, this, is, this to me is the most ridiculous part of the film, because he takes his leg off yeah. and he takes the stopper out and he pours the cocaine out. Now, the cocaine's not in any little bags. Mm. It's not sealed tight. It's in yeah. a leg. Yeah, you see someone's leg, and this leg is probably got holes in yeah, and yeah. little joints. So this yeah. cocaine possibly should be pissing out everywhere as he's walking. Mm. It's yeah. just in his leg. And I also noticed that when he poured it, Schwarzenegger got loads down the front of him. So he's now a cop who's yeah. covered in cocaine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, there's an ensuing kind of shootout and chase. Schwarzenegger's partner is killed. And then we go to, to <clears> essentially <throat> what is the main credits or, or we go to America. Now, this opening is great. Now, I've done a little bit of research and found that the script that came, that came to Water Hill initially mm. wasn't the, the script that was filmed. Water Hill bought the script based on that opening sequence. So everything up until the end of that scene was in the original script. 
and then they rewrote the rest of it because he didn't like it. Now that might explain why kind of there's a disconnect in style, where there's a disconnect in in uh, in Schwarzenegger's character, because once it gets to America, it loses its absurdity a little bit. Yeah. There's no, there's no other. He tries to be quite gritty, doesn't it? He tries to yeah. go a bit gritty. I mean, bear in mind that Schwarzenegger has just fought two people in the snow <clears> and thrown a man through the air, and then the first, he's jumped by three guys in uh, a train station or a bus station, wherever it is, mm. and just sort of beaten up a little bit, and then he can't even walk. He's literally crawling towards that key. Mm. You kind of think, oh, this is, is this the same guy that was, you know, doing superhuman punches in the <clears> snow? Yeah. It's it, it's kind of an odd one. Um, now, obviously, we've got Jim Belushi as the comedy sidekick. Now, Jim Belushi gets a lot of stick. One, because I think a lot of people assume he got his career just because of his brother and his brother dying, mm. and they thought he would be a replacement. And I think that's a little bit unfair, but at the same time, I could have done without him in this film. Now, that's not to say he's awful, but he's very <clears throat> one-note. He's he's almost like the, the the cop that's also in the squad room that keeps annoying the main two. And I don't think it helps that he's introduced ogling tits. Yeah, but like for ages. And yeah, he's made I mean, so many rubbish innuendos about yeah. the tits. And it's I, like And I remember so, you know, as a when I first saw this as a kid, and I wouldn't have been that young, I would have been in my teens. And so a teenager in the nineties I wasn't aware of, of um, I was used to seeing women sexualized on screen. Mm. Um, and even then, watching him go, did she buy those or are they homegrown? Yeah, I reckon they're homegrown. Made me think, I don't like this guy. <laughs> this guy's creepy. But <laughs> doesn't it start off with him basically did ogling and Lawrence Fishburne, who's also in it, mm. just yeah. sit there tutting, going, oh. Yeah. Even in the 80s, he's like, he's going too far. And this is the thing that that kind of frustrated me a little bit, is that Lawrence Fishburne does so much more with the limited screen time he has Mm. than Jim Belushi manages to do. Because Jim Belushi isn't, he doesn't really have a character. He's not really a slob. He's fairly competent. I do Mm. like the fact he's not got a kind of hook. He's just an everyday cop who's a bit creepy. Yeah. And I don't think him being a bit creepy was meant to be his, a thing. Um, I think he's supposed to come off Bill Murray kind of charming, mm. but he's not. But just like Lawrence Fishburne's charisma is so much better. But here's the other thing as well. I forgot Gina Gershon's in this. We talked about her last yep. week in Out for Justice. And she's basically doing the same thing. She's got slightly more screen time. But she's, again, person they have to go interrogate um, who's caught up in this kind of stuff. But she's um, a dance instructor. Yeah. It's quickly implicit that she's also a prostitute. That's literally yeah. mentioned straight away. Yeah. I think Jim yeah. Belushi says something like, I can't remember how it's, it's, it's implied, but it, it's almost starts with going, oh, she's a dance instructor. No, nope. yeah. prostitute. So again, yeah. she's, she's got this every, all job, but yeah. the main part of it is basically a prostitute. Yeah, and she's married the, the, the villain, uh, Ross, Victor Rostov, is that it? Victor Roster. Um, yeah, roster for which money. we never know why they married. It, yeah. That's never explained at all, apart from the, again the yeah. prostitute thing. Now the only benefit is we do come back to her from time <clears> to time <throat> and check in with her. So she's a bit more involved, which is good because Gina Gershon is a good actress. But the the main thing <clears throat> that I left with that is that 
she'd have been so much better in the Jim Belushi role. Yeah. Like or, that or Lawrence a... Fishburne. Either or, Gina Gershon yeah. or Lawrence Fishburne as the because yeah. the... what I <clears throat> my take on it was, and <clears throat> it's only really when I watched it last night and I was thinking about looking and watching it. Mm. So basically this um, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is Schwarzenegger's buddy cop film. Yeah. I know he teamed with Danny DeVito, but eventually as two cops mm. kind of coming together who were completely thrown together, fish out of water, this is Schwarzenegger's buddy mm. cop film. So obviously Jim Belushi being, like you say, the, the kind of comedy yeah. part of it. But like you say, he doesn't feel like he's there to kind of crack wise. But mm. what I also noticed throughout the whole film and I think this is where, you, like you say, Gina Gershon and Lawrence Fisherman being the other mm. foil to Schwarzenegger would have been better. That at the end of it, after the, the kind of the end bit, and we'll come back to this again, obviously, mm. but I was sat there thinking, when they're sat in the airport and they're kind of, you know, saying cheers, mm. I'm like, actually, they were both ridiculously inept through the whole film. Yeah. They didn't do anything right. They broke loads of rules. They smashed yeah. everywhere up to kill one bad guy. So. The, the like the Schwarzenegger police just seemed completely inept. Every step of the way, they just got something wrong. Well, and also, they never actually get on at any point. So in the in the no. scene preceding the finale, Schwarzenegger even points his gun at Jim Belushi, yeah. and which <laughs> leads to the criminal getting away. And actually, doesn't he shoot an innocent person at the same time or something like that? Yes, um, he does. Yeah, he does. And you think. But, and then even right to the end, like Jim Belushi then goes, oh, whatever, I'm out of this, you finish him off. And then they're suddenly friends and sharing gifts. You think at no point was there, there was never the scene like in Lethal Weapon where he invites him around for dinner. There's no. never a mutual respect. They just hate each other right up until the end and then they're suddenly friends. And I think that lack of chemistry is possibly why the film didn't, didn't do as well. So it's got a couple of things. And again, having a little bit of a cursory read around, it, it, it did all right but it came out the same year as Twins and Twins knocked it and overshadowed it. And sort of Schwarzenegger was saying, you know, I don't know whether it's because, you know, people want to see me do me comedy. People didn't think we had a good chemistry or whatever, but I couldn't help but think it's an odd film because not only does the chemistry not work and they're not a great double act, especially in the same way that him and DeVito are in the same year. Mm. But this is slap bang in the middle of the sort of last portion of the cold war. Where in America, mm. Russians were the villains. <clears throat> in the same year, Rambo was fighting them in Afghanistan. Yeah. So for Schwarzenegger to play a Russian as the main hero in an American film in the middle of that period must mm. have been a bit of a turnoff for your everyday yeah. um, action <clears throat> film, like all American action audience, um, which is both kind of brave and weird. So I just think it's a really odd little film. And it never, like I say, it never quite gets to the action highs. It kind of feels like the film that starts it, sh there should be a bigger shootout or a bigger action sequence. And it all stays kind of grit gritty and low-key. It's very much a retread in, in many ways of 48 hours in, in some respects. Mm. And ends in a bus chase, which, all right, I, you don't see a lot of bus chases. But I think the reason you don't see a lot of bus chases is because they're a bit shit. <laughs> it's and not... it was really shit. Yeah. <clears throat> it, but weirdly... He doesn't really do anything. Yeah, but weirdly, that bus chase, not that it's, it's terrible, but I mean, it's as good as a bus chase you're, uh, as you're ever going to get with a bus chase. But that's been reused over and over and over again. They must have sold the rights to that footage because there's a film called Running Red that's got Jeff Speakman, who is in The Perfect Weapon. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that man's work. We should, we should, we should mm. check him out. Um, oh, definitely. 
And that's about uh, a guy who might be a Russian spy. Um, and that ends with a bus chase. And it's basically the bus chase from Red Heat. I mean, they cut to a shot of a different actor driving the bus. Um, and I've got a feeling as well, it may have been reused in another film as well. So there might be two films out there using the same bus chase footage, which isn't that wonderful to start with. Um, to be honest, the bit when the bus crashes through the is a bit bit where the bus crashes through a terminal, mm. like a big glass terminal bit, mm. which kind of is the you know the fulcrum of that chase. Yeah, I think I've seen that a few times before as yeah. well. That seems really when I even when I watched it last night, mm. it felt like oh not I've yeah. I've seen this in other contexts as well. Yeah. and I think as well, like you say, it's, it is a bit shit because the bus is kind of just smash into a few things. Mm. They're very cumbersome. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's a fast chase either. Mm. Then they try and play chicken, mm. which actually is a little bit kind of like, right, this is the showdown. Then mm. Jim Belushi gets it wrong and kind of spoils it. Mm. And then it's almost like they can't be bothered to end the film. Yeah. After this. And you just see a bit of smoke and just Schwarzenegger shooting the other guy. So there's no tension after that, yeah. is there? It just kind of gets completely squashed. It, I think it look, it feels like it's building to a, an epic showdown, and he just shoots him. And that's the point I want another fight like from before. The two of them, yeah. fist fighting and all that smoke. Not that the other guy would have much of a chance against him, but again, we could have some out-for-justice style fun there. But ultimately, yeah, I think, I think it, it get, when it gets to the end, it kind of feels like, oh something unsatisfying about that film that the chemistry doesn't yeah. work and it never quite reaches the action highs of the opening. Um, but just the fact it exists uh, as it does, I think is interesting. And the fact that it's, it's, it seems like an odd choice at that point in his career for Schwarzenegger <laughs> to play a, a character who doesn't say much because he was obviously trying to build on previous trying to get away mm. from that Terminator role and do mm. things like comedy and do things like more straight heroic leads to then play basically another he plays Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. But it's quite interesting because the start of it is like the Terminator. Yeah? Mm. He, it's him wandering around with no yeah. clothes on. Yeah. With his, with his arse out. Mm. And you basically get that Terminator shot of him from the, from the bottom up. Yeah. And like you see, sees, and it looks like if that, if you took that bit out, mm. And you got rid of the flannel nappy, whatever it is. It yeah. looks like a term shot from Terminator. Yeah. So you, also, like you say, it's yeah. almost like they're going back to that. And going back to your point about them being inept and stuff as well. The thing I liked about this film, <clears throat> and again, kind of made me like the main character less, is how reasonable <laughs> the captain is. Like this is not an angry, <clears throat> shouty. You know, uh, the captain like immediately speaks to Jim Belushi when he's saying, "Look, you you witnessed a murder." You can't be involved in the investigation, but he's your friend. So I'll try and squeeze you in somehow. I thought, I've never heard a mm. captain sort of do that. And the fact they managed to piss him off, I'm like, gee, give him a break. He's doing his, you know, he's trying to do his job. And it's Peter Boyle as well, which is quite an interesting yeah. choice for, because uh, yeah. I like Peter Boyle. I think he's a good, he's a kind of underused, yeah. underrated actor. Mm. It's implied that he's stressed mm. because it starts off with the um, fish tank and yeah. then with kind of going, this is how I'm relaxed. So you know he's stressed. Yeah. But you also get the, like you say, you get impression he's actually, he's quite an onboard guy. He's not there to piss everyone off. Almost the Larry Fishburne character mm. is the captain because yeah. he's the one that kind of runs the rule over everything and he's quite strict. I don't know what rank Lawrence Fishburne is in this no. film. No. He seems to be above 
Belushi, which is probably yeah. understandable, but somewhere yeah. a bit below Peter Boyle. But he does challenge Peter Boyle a couple of times on a few yeah. things. So I'm not sure where his rank is. It's a bit, it's a bit strange. And the last thing about this film that I found particularly odd is <clears throat> its kind of message and its politics. Because obviously, most action movies from the 80s are seen as quite right-wing and let's just shoot the criminals and worry about all the other stuff afterwards. And then you've got... But you've got yeah. Schwarzenegger playing a communist character whose methodology is shoot the people first and worry about questions like that. There's even a point where they're discussing what, you know, dealing with drugs and how do we get rid of the crime problem, which is meant to be a moment of connection between the two. Yeah. And Schwarzenegger's like, well, you know, we should just do it like the Chinese do, just get all the drug dealers lined up and shoot them in the head. And Blue's like, yeah, the politicians never go for that. And Schwarzenegger goes, well, shoot them first. So the message here, the combining, the hands reaching across oceans is that we you know we may be on different political <clears throat> spectrums we both agree we should just kill people <laughs> and not ask any questions which is a weird message to kind of leave everyone with and also like you know we get the soviet meth you know the schwarzenegger russian actually that's you know it's a bit of a crumbling society mm. then we've got america so Belushi, and then he's talking about actually drugs is rife capitalism mm. so he's saying well we're both wrong but who's worse, the Chinese? It's almost like, <laughs> yeah. let's just stick that one in there. Yeah. And then it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's very odd. Now, I'm going to take this moment to bring up some keywords because this is my favourite thing. Um, I hope and, leg's in there. False leg. Well, there, there, yeah, there was prosthetic leg. Uh, but there's some other things that, again, who mm. does these? Who's gone in and specifically done these? So there's a, early on in the keywords, there's a really nice broad one, brutality. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's not particularly distinct. Now, mm. the other one here is well, Russian abroad, which sounds like it's quite nice, like he's on holiday. That um, should be the title. That should yeah. be the title. A Russian abroad. No, no. This should be the title. Nude fight. <laughs> so, nude yeah. fight, which I presume <laughs> it, they're not entirely nude, is good. Death of a friend is kind of sad. Um, someone's gone on here um, and uh, decided it's very important to put the keyword breasts in there um not just female nudity no no it's breast specifically and then we've got um tough guy which i like mm -hmm. um but then we've got pubic hair and female pubic hair is two separate ones so they've separated out there's, right. there's pubic hair and there's female pubic hair just for those people going looking for them um parking garage <laughs> someone's saw fit to put in there okay. handcuffed together um someone has genuinely gone in and made everyone aware that this film features a coin-operated television set. It does, um, yeah. Marriage for Money, uh, Green Suit, which I, I, I don't know when, when that, whether the Riddler was in that or not. Um, just one word, keyword here, Bush. Now, I don't know whether this refers to the pubic hair again, an actual Bush, or George Bush. I don't know whether he comes up in the, in the conversation about politics. It could be any one of those. Um, either bush female pubic thatch actual piece of greenery or the current president at the time um, watching pornography bare butt um, which mm -hmm. is nice and quaint and my favorite keyword out of the whole thing and this is exactly the kind of thing you want to know if you want to see red red heat the keyword towel so i was just written <laughs> towel as a keyword <clears throat> now this got me thinking and i because um, you can search on IMDb by keyword. So assume, mm. presumably, 
someone might want to go looking for films that that feature uh, a character watching pornography. They might be having a season of films that feature that. Um, Someone has put the keyword towel into 1,824 films. There are 1,824 films on IMDb that have the keyword towel. Someone is going through and doing that. Brutality, on the other hand, is even broader. That's 2,499 titles come up with that. Bush, only 432. Um, That surprises me. Do you want to know how many films have the keyword coin-operated television set? Is it a lot? It's two. So I reckon it's the same guy. Um, Because that's that's four words. It's a very specific arrangement of words. That's that's like a good password. Um, And uh, so clearly someone's gone through and he's had this project where he's going to start drawing parallels between all the films that have coin-operated television sets and then got I wonder what the other one it. is. Um, I did see it. I, I didn't recognise it. I think it's a kind of 70s cop film that may have had Rory Schneider in it, I think. Something like that. Um, it's not the Seven Ups. It's something else. But, um, yeah. Um, so, clearly, he's, maybe he's doing like a, a, an academic text on coin-operated televisions in the movies. Uh, maybe it's a dissertation. I don't know. But he obviously got bored or found that... Um, that they weren't quite as prevalent in action cinema as he maybe originally hoped. I think there's a missing category as well. Yeah. Because there's a whole scene in the film <clears throat> which sums up um, Jim Belushi's just being a, a bit of a sleazebag, mm. but also, again, possibly underlines the homoerotic subtext in it. Yeah. So towards kind of third way through the film they one when they've got everything else wrong they they've realized that one of the russian goons is in a hospital mm. so they go and pay him a visit and he's woken up somehow the other russian goon has dressed up as a nurse mm. in the film yep and then he, somehow this nurse has got completely past the police who were guarding the mm. door and I think as well, it, it, this person's not in a ward on the row. There's other nurses and mm. and um, Clearly, there's no security in this. There, everyone's in it. In this film. Yeah, and then they shoot an air bubble into this guy's going to kill him. And the nurse comes out and walks into the both characters, and Jim believes you do that ooh, kind of <laughs> sleazy yeah. noise that yeah. you go. And it, it, even you just see the back of this nurse. Yeah, and at the end, you find out this nurse is obviously the, the guy in drag, and they chase him. Yeah, and. There's a shoot, and again, this is the way it ties in with the Gina Gershon because she tries to sh- stop the good guy and the bad guy shooting each other. So mm. she's kind of it's implied that she's a really good person. It's it, uh, this lovely scene about Gina Gershon being kind of sympathetic to the cops. It finishes with Jim Belushi looking over the nurse, going, Oh, he's a guy, and it's like <laughs> it just it's a strange mixture of like he's trying to be gritty, he's trying to shove yeah. Gina Gershon. It ultimately ends with Jim Belushi just looking even more sleazy and then yeah. mixing homoerotic subtext of the film yeah it's 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 yeah it's such a weird little movie when you think about it so seeing as we're saying this is an odd choice for schwarzenegger it doesn't quite work we're going to get in our time machine. We're going to go back to 19, 
well, pre-1988, as this film was in its pre-production, and yeah. we're going to pitch an alternative film for Schwarzenegger to do at that time in his career. But um, we've got to take these things into consideration. These, these are the parameters I'm setting. One, Schwarzenegger wants to make a buddy cop movie, right? Mm -hmm. so Schwarzenegger's other buddy cop movie. Now, I'm going to give you an option. Okay. We can put ourselves in the position of Water Hill and yeah. say that we've got that opening scene. So we're going okay. to pitch a film that diverges. So we don't even establish it's Chicago. We don't yeah. have Jim Belushi. We're going we're gonna to have the fight in the, in the sauna. Yeah. We're going to have Victor Rostov killing his partner and fleeing Russia. Yeah. Um, and then Schwarzenegger is going to go and chase him uh, mm. somewhere and track him down. Okay. And at that point, We've got that scene. We're now going to pitch Schwarzenegger um, his alternative buddy cop movie. So he's playing a Russian badass. Other yeah. than that, off we go. So what do we... What, where... Fish out of water. I think the fish out of water thing is still good. Yeah. Because I think that in, in certain the 80s, that works. Because we get the impression yeah. that he's somewhere different. Yeah. Methodology is different. So I think yeah. we stick that idea of fish out of water. So I, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to say let's let's lean heavily into the fish out of water and not do mm -hmm. one fish out of one water. How about rather than going to one location, he's yeah. chasing Rostov across the world. Yeah. So every now and again, kind of like a Bond film, they fly into a new city, yeah. wreak havoc, and then go off. So I'm going to yeah. say they go to Hawaii. Yeah. At one point, uh, they should go to China. Yeah. I think. Um, Maybe India. I like the idea of a tuk tuk chase. Yeah, yeah. So tuk -tuk invert, invert the bus chase and go tuk tuk. Yeah, I think we go uh, to England. I think, but we go like stereotype England, bowler yes. hats. Yeah, that that part of it. They they should they they should have a chase that that kind of interrupts some kind of formal gathering, maybe yeah. like Wimbledon or Ascot or something where you get you know remember that that woman who used to double the queen and everything. She's in like police squad. So yeah. we can get a shot of her kind of way doing the wave and then looking and double taking as, as Danko punches Rostov across yeah. something. And as much as I like, I'm going to keep the villain, but I think he should have um, Svensson with him at all times. Yeah, I think so. Just, just for fighting. And the other thing I, I'm interested in is because I'm now, I'm so fixated on the fact that, the rest of the film never lives up to the opening. How about Rostov, when he visits these countries, the first place he goes is to find a spa or an open bath. And yeah. every country has a fight in some kind of area meant for relaxation. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, go to China, and there could be like an ac acupuncture studio, and there could be something where Schwarzenegger, you know, kills someone by throwing loads of needles at them. Yeah, it could be um, in Tibet, and it's a it's a Buddhist temple. There's yeah. lots of Buddhists in there trying to meditate. Yeah, and they just going to fuck that up. Um, yeah, and one uh, got Holt's leg. One of yeah. the Buddhists leg that again Schwarzenegger tears off and beats Rostov over the head with it. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I think yeah, uh, some place that does massage. Um, we could have a repeat of the. Uh, when was the last time you saw Never Say Never Again? Ooh. Because probably about two, three years ago, I reckon. Because I, I know, I know we're straying into Bond territory, but I think Never Say Never Again is actually approaching more of a traditional eighties action film than a lot of yeah. the other Bond films. But 
the opening sort of action sequence in the in the spa in that one ends with him throwing a glass of his own piss in Pat Roach's face. The joke being that his piss is so riddled with STDs it burns Pat Roach's yeah. eyes, which yeah. is an amazing gag and yeah. really, really a, a level of self awareness for the Bond franchise that the the, the main franchise never uh, replicate. I like the idea of a British spa being a little bit more like tennis and polo yeah. and reading papers with pipes. Um, yeah, and, and so Schwarzenegger, so his character, as established at the start, his, char- his deal, his speciality is undercover. So it's Schwarzenegger <laughs> as Captain Danko yeah. trying to fit in. So he's adopting an accent everywhere. So in England, he's got a bowler hat and a suit and a pipe yeah. and he's yeah. what what and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I know that takes us into some very dodgy territory when he goes to Asia. Um, Oh, but it's the eighties, so we they, they, yeah. they, they you know they can they didn't care you know there was I mean, lots of he, he, yeah he could be I mean maybe he doesn't he doesn't go full you only live twice maybe he goes maybe he's a he's like a tour guide or a visiting student or something like yeah. that that's great maybe he goes to China as pretending to be like a a twenty year year old university student on a sightseeing tour or something like that or yeah. he, you know he's in he's in China as the winner of a competition and yeah. as a proper tourist. Um, yeah. That's great. So, but here's the thing it's got to be a buddy cop movie. Yeah. So he's got to team up with someone. And I'm, I'm torn here whether it's an Interpol agent, therefore they've got reason to be traveling, whether it's like Commando and it's like an air hostess that he kind of picks up on the first flight, yeah. or whether it's someone he meets in the first location. location Who's already on the run, and he takes them with, with him. So I don't I know. Think Go on. We could possibly, because he's going around the world. We could possibly have three. So we could possibly have the kind of someone from Asia, someone from Europe, mm. and someone from the States. So it's kind of a, they bounce off each other, and he kind of meets these people in, in different locations. So he could have somebody he travels with. Yeah. Um, he could then have meet the kind of uh interpol agent who's who's kind of he could be british yeah but he could be someone who's ridiculously british so they're completely the, the opposite each other someone like let's say jeffrey palmer yes so he's yeah. a jeffrey palmer in a bowler hat and uh a briefcase yeah. and he's my god man what, yeah. why punch that man's head off again that kind <laughs> of yeah so we well, that that route. Yeah. The other option is we do we still have a Jim Belushi esque character, but someone else playing him, but who's on holiday? John Candy. Yes. Because he's taken a, Yeah, who's taken a break and from policing yeah. because because of stress. He's trying to relax. He's he's visiting a spa. Yeah. In the first like in Hawaii. He's got a, a Hawaiian shirt and a lay and everything. He's enjoying yeah. himself. You can see John Candy, like with a big yeah. cocktail in a coconut, yeah. Um, yeah. getting away from that. And then he gets embroiled in this. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's, maybe he's an Interpol agent or he's got some, but like an admin, but he yeah. knows how to get all the connections. And he, he's got all the contacts in different countries. Um, it's so, a bit but, like playing trains and automobiles because yes. he goes everywhere with him by different mode of transport. Yeah. Originally, I was going to go Sheriff J.W. Pepper from, um, uh, but 
I like John Candy in this. Yeah. So yeah. Schwarzenegger and John Candy, why did that never happen? Oh, I know. John That's Candy different. as a holidaying um, admin person for the government who's yeah. constantly trying to relax because, and the end, he can go bonkers at the end. He can just give in to his, into his rage. Yeah. Um, and he could be fighting the frog guy while Schwarzenegger's yeah. fighting Svensson. Yeah. Um, so we go to Hawaii and yeah. we've got a fight in a kind of beachfront spa kind of thing yeah. um, with, with massage and the ukulele music and all that kind of stuff yeah. and grass skirts. It's basically the opening again, but instead of loincloths, it's grass skirts. Yeah. Um, and maybe a volcano can erupt as well or something. Yeah. Um, then they fly to. Um, then they fly to China. Yeah. Now, then they fly to the UK. Okay. So they're going the other way. And that's where we have a bit of a change of pace. It's a bit of tennis, a bit of relaxation. We'll throw Jeffrey Palmer in there. Jeffrey Palmer's yeah. maybe like John Candy's contact. Yeah. Um, and then I think, how about we have the London, we have the bus chase, but it's a London bus chase. Yeah. So double decker. Um, yeah. And John Candy could be hanging out the back where the ticket collector would be like, holding onto his hat and gurning as they go around corners and stuff. Um, and that's, so that's awesome. And then, then they fly to China um, yeah. and it's all the acupuncture stuff. Um, and then Schwarzenegger can say something like, I don't get what all the fuss is about. That, that wall was not that great or something hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then um, off to India for the finale, which is a tuck, tuck chase. Um, and they keep, as they go around corners, they keep rolling. Um, I think that's that's good, and then it ends with a fist fight. John Candy having a comedy fist fight with the little frog guy, um, yeah. and then uh, a really really badass fight between Schwarzenegger, Svensson, and our main bad guy Rostov. But instead of in snow, it's in um, uh, that you know. Am I, is it India? You know they do like the all the coloured dye stuff that you jump in. Yeah, yeah. Am I got? Is that? I don't. Want, something the, like that. Yeah, it's one of the, the, the festivals, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, in that. There we go. Stripped to the waist, having a fight yeah. in that. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So and John Candy gets blind and he's windmill punching everyone. And he's just going. It, it's yeah. happening. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then when they part ways, Schwarzenegger has to go back off to Russia. John Candy has to go back to his job um, as a Canadian Interpol agent. Um, and that sets up for a sequel as well, because we could just visit other countries. Yeah. You know, I love this. What's it called? So obviously, I think Red Heat's just very generic. Even when you think back about it, it's, yeah. it's going for the Russian angle and it's very generic. So let's think about it's global. It's passport could be in there. Yeah. Um, oh man, this is tough because we've. Oh, so I think we need to think of the tagline. I think a nice play on planes, trains, and automobiles. Pain. Yeah. Uh... Slain. Pain slain and. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. So why don't we go with his surname? I think we keep his name, mm. Danko. Yeah, could we put Danko in there somewhere? Yeah, um, well, because the the other the other thing, and this this is where I was going, and this is this is a terrible pun, but I, I like it. So I was thinking of the term globetrotters. Yeah, 
and Trotsky, like Globe Trotsky, <laughs> <laughs> which which could work. Um, because is I that, don't think. That what about? Is, I tell you what, then. So we got yeah. Dang. What about what could John Candy's name be? So we're going for the buddy cop thing. What could his name be? Oh, I've got it. Go on. His name is Goodnight. So the title yeah. is Thank you, Tanko and Goodnight. Uh, Don and Don. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thanko yeah. and Goodnight. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm, I can see the poster now. Well, I think Schwarzenegger's the same. He's yeah. He's full. Russian military regalia with the big yeah. pistol, but then John Candy is in a Hawaiian shirt, massive cocktail. He's got yeah coconut with umbrellas. He's got binoculars and an yeah. unfolded map. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's he's kind of got half his back and he's kind of turning to the camera, and his sunglasses. He's looking over his sunglasses with a kind of perplexed yeah. look, and then and the he's background. Got a... He's yeah. been tanned. Yeah, absolutely. And then the background, but like, yeah, but panderized, no, like, yeah. white. Then in the background, we've got a map of the world with like the Indiana Jones red lines going across it. Yeah. Okay. And then just at the bottom, we have an explosion and like yeah. a tuck tuck yeah. sort of doing a roll as well. Yeah. yeah. And we could have um, Jeffrey Palmer in like really small, in full bowler, uh, full kind of uh, bowler hat suit, gurning. With like a lot rule book just spilling out all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Really uh, the Queen um, with holding the prosthetic leg, pouring cocaine out. That's not in the film. No, but we just mix all that in. I mean, there. we could have Jeffrey Palmer and the Queen, yeah. and all in the tuk tuk, kind of all leaning out. Yeah, as it as it moves with an explosion. So, and the tagline would be pain, rage, and tuk tuk mobiles. Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, keep the score the same. Yeah, absolutely. Keep the James Horner score the same. At the end, at the end, you know when they got the in, the, the crappy airport bit in the film. Yeah. Instead of that, it's a bar in Hawaii, and Schwarzenegger's in his full Russian suit. John mm. Candy's back in his Hawaiian shirt. At the end, um, they do it like we, you know, in our country, it's customary to do a, a drinks toast, and they toast, and, it, and and John Candy lifts the prosthetic leg up that's had the cocaine in. Yeah. With, but now it's got a huge cocktail umbrella and a firework yes. out of it. Goes clink, and they both yeah. look into the camera, gurn, yeah. and it, then the credits roll up. Yes. He produces a leg, and Schwarzenegger looks at him like, what? And he puts a straw in it, and he goes, oh. Yeah. And then they... Clink, and then gurn to the camera, and it yeah. just ends like that. Yeah. yeah, freeze frame, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Great. <laughs> then, there we go. Yeah. That's Dan Cohen, good night. Um, and then we'll just we'll just make an entirely different film for Gina Gershon to be in, where she gets to play the main character. Um, yeah. and she gets to introduce. In, in, she gets to interrogate a male prostitute who's also a waitress and a dancer for five minutes, and then they're killed off screen. But that's yeah. a whole another movie. Justice. I think it's now time for our regular segment where we try and teach uh, a whole new generation of law enforcement officers what what is now standard police procedure so what lessons can we learn from red heat that we think should become standard operating police procedure for for new police officers i think the first thing if you if you're a police you're a new 
policeman, woman, and you go into a bar or a restaurant or a cafe to search someone, yeah. pick the biggest man and try and rip his leg off. Yeah. Because actually nine times out of ten, he's going to have a prosthetic leg filled with cocaine. I, cocaine. I, think, I think in policing, anytime you see a prosthetic limb, you need to search it immediately. Tackle the person and search it. Um, yeah. I think that's if absolutely... If you haven't got a prosthetic limb, then yeah. do you know what? Actually, it, it, it's, it, you, you try and you look, haven't you? you you've, you've gone, you've investigated it. You're trying to rip their leg off. It's not mm. work. Actually, you've done the due diligence there. Yeah. And that's the thing you need to do. So I'm going to go with um, the hot rock thing and make my yeah. piece of police procedure that main, maintaining cover is, has two things. One to try and ascertain information from inside whatever criminal organizations you've you've done mm. and two to try and look as cool as you can and that looking cool uh overrules getting information so if, if holding a hot rock and punching someone is more yeah. badass than maintaining your cover yeah. do that because let's face it as a police officer you're never going to get the opportunity to you know do any criminal activity so there should be it should be a case of um when going undercover, there are perks. You know, fill your boots, enjoy the criminal life while you've got it. Um, so, yeah, I want to go a bit broader. You know, as a, when undercover, um, don't feel you've got to stick to the normal rules of police officing. Enjoy being a criminal because um, you'll get let off at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And obviously, I think, uh, uh, you know, it starts off with when you meet Schwarzenegger, obviously holding a hot rock and wandering about half naked, mm. taking his sweet time to get to the cafe location. So you, you've clearly got time for leisure. So put leisure first. Mm. Actually, you can be on the job and have a bit of leisure time. Then it clearly pays off. Well, we've done it again. We've not only uh, summarised that movie, we've not only pitched an alternative that better. would be objectively better and would have destroyed yeah. twins at the box office, um, we've also uh, added to our burgeoning um, book of the law that will help new police officers on their first days out on the mean streets. But in our next podcast, uh, we'll pick another movie. We'll probably move on to another actor altogether um, and pick something that hopefully you're not expecting us to pick. Um, until then, I've been Dom Diplom. And I have been Dick Vazar. And, uh, um, and I'm off to the corner now for the uh, for my cool down. Yes, yeah. Um, I've got my piece of string on and I'm ready to fight someone, as, yeah. as is done in spas. Um, yeah. Have a lovely rest of your day, people. Yeah.